When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Free Agent Friday on the Bullpen. Today we'll be talking about the free agents we're losing and the free agents we'd like to welcome to Houston with open arms. All that and more on this edition of the Bullpen. Well, hello and welcome to Free Agent Friday. I am James Roy. With me is Tom Chavaria, my ultimate co-host, the very best at co-hosting. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm good, sir. I'm excited. Um, we're that much closer to getting an understanding of where the Texans are going to go with all of this money that they have to spend. I mean, I get to dream in about a lot of different names that would look really, really sexy in a Texans uniform either becoming a monster defense or a race car offense. And I just, I just need to know it's like Christmas. I, I need to open all of it up. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. It's the reason I play dynasty or fantasy football in general. The reason when I was, you know, nine years old, I was on Madden 04 starting franchise mode, drafting players, you know, playing GM in the off season. This is like what I live for. Um, obviously I do like to see the Texans go far and win games, but the off season's fun to me in a different way which is the, you know, the roster builder, the, if I was the GM, what would I do? And today the primary topic is free agency. We touched on it in Monday's episode. And if you didn't catch that, go ahead and check it out every Monday, mock draft Monday. Um, unless obviously we have something going on because, you know, we have off season plans that aren't football, but right now we're here to talk football. So let's do it. I've got with me, um, pulled up this, draft this tweet from adam scheffner oh i guess i don't i don't know what's going on with it why it's not showing up um oh shoot that's because it's not the one i'm sharing oh well <laughs> let me just copy and paste that in real quick i got what so we have here though is a great picture of cj stroud and will anderson jr the faces of the franchise and now now for those watching <laughs> we have Adam Scheffner's tweet with all the players that are leaving the team in free agency. Um, obviously, once free agency drops, a lot of them could like be like, well, I want to be a Texan, so I'm going to sign up. But uh, for the list, we'll just go through it. Uh, Dalton Schultz and Jonathan Grenard. He really ordered this well because those are two big names that I feel like a lot of people want to know. They, should they stay or should they go? Um, but you've got Dalton – or sorry – we got Sheldon Rankins, Steven Nelson, Noah Brown, Blake Cashman, George Fant, Jerry Hughes, Michael Dieter, Denzel Perryman, Kareem Jackson, DeAndre Houston Carson, Adrian Amos, Khalil Davis, Derek Barnett, Tavier Thomas, Josh Jones, Tier Tart, Cam Johnston, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, Dare Obungawale, Eric Murray, 
uh, Charlie Heck, and John Weeks. It's a long list, and I, I felt like it probably would have been easier to name the players that aren't leaving the team. It actually <laughs> wouldn't have. There's a lot more players on the team than that. But um, it, just looking back, so we have the Discord started up, and one of the big questions that was asked in the Discord that I'd like to address here is where, who are your top three like must-bring-back players? Like You're looking at this list, and you're thinking, these are the three players that I want back on the Texans right now. For me, it starts with Blake Cashman. I really, really love what he brought to this team. I think you can get him at a fair price, and I think the defense is going to be a big area of concern for the Texans. I think starting with the you know the quarterback, so to speak, the middle of that defense right there, Blake Cashman, that's number one for me. Another guy that I think is very high on my list that maybe isn't high on everybody else's list, um, Derek Barnett. I thought he was really good. I think he is going to be somebody that you could probably get on the cheap. Obviously, we're big game hunting, I think. I don't know that. I think that. So if I'm going to go and big game hunt at the edge position or at the running back position or corner, I'm going to have to get some value in there. I think these are guys that are already in the system. They performed well. I think you can get them at reasonable deals. and You don't have to break the bank for a position that you're able to fulfill so that you can go chase those big names. And I really like what Derek Barnett brought. At the top, though, I, I don't think it's as, as important as the other two. Just something for me is more like a need than a want would be Dalton Schultz. I really thought Dalton Schultz was able to win a couple games for the Texans. He's a sure set of hands. I feel like he definitely dropped the ball here or there. I don't know anybody that doesn't. Um, just go see the playoff games from today. There were some, some big drop balls in those games. But when the Texans needed Dalton Schultz, he made some huge plays. There's a, definitely a couple games they don't win without him. So for me, of that list... Those are three guys that are that are really big. I know some people will say Cam Johnson, who was really, really good. Kaime Fairbairn, those are important. For me, I don't, I don't know that they're at the top of my list. Do I think they'll probably be addressed? Sure. But those guys should come before the special teamers. Yeah, and I, I'm not even really looking at special teams to answer this specific question. So I, I think that Kaime Fairbairn is probably far more important than a lot of people might realize. But... To, to that same extent, like that's not really what I'm looking at for this question personally. At least I don't think that's what the person who asked the question was looking to get, but I guess they'll let me know when they hear this. Um, pers- so looking at yours, you said Blake Cashman. I think when you're looking between Blake Cashman and Denzel Perryman, that Cashman's the one you'll probably get have an easier time getting at, at the right price to get some continuity. And then you find a linebacker in the draft or in free agency to kind of bring in fresh blood, someone who's you know, a little better suited maybe for, for being here. I don't know. Um, and then looking at your other pick, which was uh, Derek Barnett. I agree. I think that that's one where you hope that they can pull Jonathan Grenard and Derek Barnett back because that would be huge. Um, but if they're going to take one of them or if they can't get Jonathan Grenard, I think they should go for Derek Barnett harder. I, I think that it's, it becomes that much more important to keep him on the roster. His presence was felt. During the uh, during this season, when he was claimed off of waivers, um, for me, I think that at, you know Dalton Schultz is not exactly. I don't know. I'm torn on that one. So if you look at the first like five or six names, uh, Dalton Schultz, Jonathan Grenard, Devin Singletary, Sheldon Rankins, and Stephen Nelson, 
are all guys that made an impact on the team. And that I feel like this is where we get into our discussion of, you know, we did mock drafts on Monday and we're like having to explain ourselves because we don't know who's staying out of this group. And these players are vital to understanding how we're building in other areas um, as to whether or not they're going to be here or not. So I would say personally, based off the mock drafts I put out, I can eliminate Steven Nelson and, and Sheldon Rankins from the must resign list because a lot of my mock drafts feature defensive tackles and cornerbacks in the first three rounds. I'm looking at, at shoring up those holes right away. And so that, that leaves me with, I think that Jonathan Grenard is a huge re-signing. Now I will clarify, we had this discussion with Texans County last week. Um, I think that an incentive laden deal um, that distributes the money in the right way is important. And I think his, his price range was listed at 16 to 22. The franchise tag is 20. Um, I think on, you know, towards the lower end of that is probably better for the Texans. Um, and, and, Texans County said his agent is one of those that's more likely to put out a more team-friendly deal to kind of stay in the area. So um, D Jonathan Grenard, huge for me. Um, I have to agree with you on Blake Cashman. I I'd put him in my group of guys that I want to see the Texans re-sign pretty bad. Um, I think that that his value and coverage is great. Um, the biggest knock on him, honestly, is health. Um, so, But I think that that's something that can be made up for with the way the linebacking core is structured. And with adding a name in free agency or the draft, if you don't get Denzel Perryman back, um, and then if I'm looking for a third name, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that George Fant's coming back, and and he would be on there for me if I thought there was a chance. Um, but I guess I'm gonna have to go with. I, I mean, I have to go with Derek Barnett. I mean. I told you that, so I'd hate to put two DNs on my list, but and then a linebacker. But that front seven to me just already had so much talent and just needs to be molded and needs like more talent added in the right spaces. And so to lose those two, those three guys to me, just set you back so much that all this cap space and all this draft capital you have, all of a sudden it's now all tied up in something that you could have just fixed by getting those guys back at the right price. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, now looking. At what who the Texans are losing, which player on this list most affects your mock drafts moving forward? So we, we conducted one. You went with wide receiver in the first round of ours, but which which player do you think is the most impactful on your decisions in your mock drafts? So I went with wide receiver because it was the best player available. And I feel like that's probably the best way to draft if you can do it. If you have the holes, then obviously you have to fill them. But if you're able to eliminate those holes, so you're able to just go and get the best talented player, I think we've seen it in years past. The best teams are able to just get the best guy and figure it out. If they've got an added wide receiver and they're they're good at wide receiver, well, now you've got time to be able to, to like bring this guy along or or whatever the case may be. Um, the the way that I I selected my three. Uh, I feel like wide receiver was always going to be something that I could address if if I if I went that route. Obviously, if you know Steven Nelson doesn't come back, then corner probably becomes a bigger need because that's now a hole. Um, the reason I went with Blake Cashman, though, just to just to clarify real quick, Blake Cashman's twenty seven, Denzel Perriman's thirty one. I went with the younger guy, and um, as far as the other two. I feel like, yes, Derek Barnett's probably a little older, but I think he's going to be a lot cheaper. 
And that would be more of a, like a swing position on the idea that Jonathan Grenard maybe isn't the guy, but there's other higher profile ends that could be available that, okay, I can justify spending 16 to 22 million on. For me, that's like borderline the price that I would want to spend on Jonathan Grenard. Love the player. I think he's really talented. I just don't know if he's like superstar money. And I don't know that he wants middle of the road money. So that's why I didn't include him in my list because I don't even think he's going to be attainable. I think his asking price is going to be higher than the Texans are going to want to go. And that's where the big game hunting goes, right? Like John Sing- or I'm, I'm sorry, John Singletary. Uh, Devin Singletary could probably be had at a really reasonable price and he performed really well. However, when you look at some of the game-changing running backs that are out there, if I spend a little bit more, I get my hands on Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler, although I'm not really as excited about that as Texans County was. So that's that's where my headspace is. Um, Man, Austin Eckler. So let's move into the running back discussion. So at looking at the free agents that are available, the big names that come up are Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler, I guess, Texans County brought that. I, I didn't even think about him. So a couple others. You got uh, Tony Pollard, and I, I could go on and on, but the Texans clearly need to fix the run game. So before we answer that question of, of who you like best at running back, what do you think is the more important attribute that the Texans need to address, the offensive line or the running back position? So I think it's the offensive line, but I feel that the offensive line getting healthy is probably going to address that in itself. You talk about two key pieces that weren't on this line pretty much, well, one the entire season and one the other half, and that's Titus Howard, who was supposed to be your right tackle. At least we thought that, but he was your left guard. And then uh, Kenyon Green, who's supposed to be on that line in some capacity, but hasn't been that guy. He was a first-round pick. Obviously, we want to try to get that return on investment. So when you add those two guys, assuming that they uh, run block well, that answers that question. I think that George George Fant is out the door because they're on their way back and he was brought in because those guys got injured. So, Well, I think he played himself into a starting role elsewhere. I think that, that, I mean, at the very worst, he leaves the Texans and finds another high-end depth piece role elsewhere. He is a starter, if not close to on, on a lot of teams in this league. So I think that he was serviceable and there's a reason why they played Titus Howard at left guard, even though the Titus Howard at left guard experiment, you know, should have been over two seasons ago. But I mean, I, what can you do with all these injuries? I agree. Injuries were key, but with that in mind, do you think there's a specific running back that can overcome these issues if the O-line continues to be an issue? Or do you have like a running back that you're just all in on in free agency? Or do you think the draft is where to address it? For me, it's definitely in free agency. I think that with this offense, where it's at, I feel like it's already set up to be so successful when you're able to run the football. If we learned anything from the Ravens-Chiefs game, the fact that the Chiefs were able to run the football – effectively made the Ravens defend them differently. I believe you tweeted that out. So for me, watching that game, I totally agree with you. So when you have 
the type of running back that, say, Kansas City has in uh, – I struggle with his name right off the top of my head. Isaiah um, Pacheco? Yeah, with Isaiah Pacheco being able to do multiple things, whether it's out of the backfield or on a jet sweep or whatever the case may be, or just running between the tackles, I think the defense has to respect that. And I feel when you talk about a guy like Josh Jacobs, when you talk about a guy like Saquon Barkley, even Austin Eckler, any one of those guys gets in the Texan backfield, and now that's a whole nother problem for defenses. These are elite running backs that have breakaway speed that just can beat you in the pass game and the run game. And I think for the Texans to to have more options for C.J. Stroud to work with is never a bad thing. And I think for defenses to have more to worry about than just C.J. Stroud is the goal. So give me one of those three. I, I Tony Pollard, I, I would sign up for that too. So I'll just be interested to see what happens. Obviously, they could go about it in the draft. I just don't see anything in the draft that just screams, okay, that's going to be an upgrade from what we had. It may be in two years, but they're ready to win now, in my opinion. I agree with you, and I think so – one, it's really frustrating the way the Texans-Ravens game went down, knowing what we know about how the Ravens were attacked by the Chiefs, because literally I, I spoke to it at several points leading into the, you know, as Damian Pierce sort of emerged the previous season, um, that literally the worst position to hit early in a rebuild is running back, because by the time that you get a team built, you know, get a quarterback and get a team built, that running back is already needing to be replaced um typically or you're not getting as much time as you could out of the running back if they have a lot of durability like say an adrian peterson type and so literally running back is the last position that you want to put on a team in my opinion before you really make a run so like for example 49ers they they traded for christian McCafferty, and they're, they're now in the super bowl and that was like the missing piece they had an offense that was functioning you know elijah mitchell is a great running back um, especially at, in what role he's playing now, kind of that RB2. But as a primary, he was not bad. Um, but bringing in Christian McCaffrey was what that offense needed to move. And so look, looking at Damian Pierce's fall, if you will, if you blame it on lack of scheme fit or whatever, I, or I'm not here to talk about what caused it. Damian Pierce not being the same running back he was in 2022 and 2023 was huge because if we had that, in the divisional round, the Ravens would have had to defend differently. The, the Texans' offense is not one-dimensional, and CJ is able to get that time in, in the backfield and uh, pick apart the Ravens' defense. And we're talking about you know either winning or losing against the Chiefs, but you know the pass is in the past. The Texans 100% need to attack, and they're in a position now where it's not really a matter of how long you have the running back for. Saquon Barkley, sure, he's been in the league for a little bit. I think he's like six years. Um, which is towards the end of my initial, you know, time for running backs. We've had that discussion before about the timing of being a running back in the NFL. Um, but with that in mind, I don't think he dip- commands a huge amount in, in the free agent market due to the value of the running back position. And I think what he brings to the table um, is huge. I mean, him, Derrick Henry are the, are really the two guys that I'm eyeing. I think that Eckler, I, I, I don't really see it. I think that he had a good run in, in, San Diego, or I, I keep saying San Diego because I really wish the Chargers were in San Diego, but um, the L, with the LA Chargers, but you know I don't see how he translates to Texans offense. You know, uh, 
what's his face? Tony Pollard uh, followed him at Memphis and all the way through. And I think he's got great pieces, but if the Texans pick him up, it's a sign that they're looking to build a running back by committee. And if you're going to do that through free agency, you might as well not do it through three agency and do it through the draft. Pollard showed that he's not the guy without Zeke there. He was the one to punch Zeke. And so when we're looking at the running backs that are available that have shown to be the guy independent of, of you know, Saquon Barkley played for the Giants. The Giants have not been good in forever. That O-line, I can't imagine he's had a lot of fun running behind it, but he's made something happen with it. And so even if the Texans O-line falls short next year or, or maybe isn't as good as we expect when it's healthy, you know, a guy like a Derrick Henry or a guy like a Saquon Barkley could be huge in terms of boosting the Texans run game to a point where we're not running a one-dimensional offense and expecting CJ to walk on water, you know, and while raising someone from the dead because there's nothing else going for us. We're putting CJ, you know, out there to to basically setting him up for failure. So, I I mean, I am huge on getting Saquon Barkley. I think as much as I'd love to address the running back position in the draft, because I think personally Blake Corum is a really good prospect. I liked what I saw from him. Similar to how CJ looked as a prospect, where like that last game that he played in, he looked just unstoppable. Um, I think Blake Corum throughout the college football playoff just looked like a, he was on a different level. So I think he could develop into a great running back. But I agree with you that, that the Texans don't need a, a guy who can develop into a great running back. They're not rebuilding anymore. They're reloading. And they need to load up with someone who can who can make the run game respectable again. I agree, except for Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is the trap. I think anybody that gets their hands on Derrick Henry is going to be have buyer's remorse because he's on the wrong side of 30. And this isn't the dual threat guy that you're going to throw the football to. So you basically have to line up and play smash mouth football with Derrick Henry. And for me, you might as well do that with Damian Pierce. That is not the type of offense that the Texans run. And that's the difference between 22 Damian Pierce and 23 Damian Pierce is that that, that guy is a smash mouth football type guy. Now, Derrick Henry's a special human being. That guy runs through and stiff arms everything. But it's basically the same idea that the Texans employed in 2022. We saw very quickly how that's not what they want to be going forward. And you need a guy that's shifty. You need a guy that can get out to the edge with the versus speed. You need a guy you can throw the football to. I think they're looking for the next CMC. I know that's not something you find, but Saquon's Saquon, close to it. Saquon could be very close to it, and he could be the difference in that offense. Saquon coming out of college was similar as a prospect to CMC in terms of uh, coming out of Penn State. Him and and CMC are the two you know most hyped running back prospects I've heard in, outside of Bijan Robinson in my in my lifetime. Not not in my lifetime. In the past like five to ten years. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, Saquon is clearly the number one option there. There's no doubt in my mind that if the Texans go free agency, it's, it's pretty much Saquon or bust. I would, I would argue that either way, the Texans should give consideration to bringing back Singletary. I think that Singletary would fit more into the role we thought he was going to play with, uh, with Pierce. If Saquon comes in, you've got a running back room that has that one, two punch, um, and then has Damian Pierce set for like short yardage, you know, third down guy, um, possibly if they feel like they can keep him around for that. Or maybe he's just the new Dario Bungawale, who's just, you know, third string running back on the roster. 
I'd hate to see that for Damian. I think that at that point, he's got enough trade value. You got to look into moving him. But I mean, I think that Derrick Henry's a long shot. The bigger reason why I'd honestly like to see it is it would really piss off Titans fans if it happened. Um, seeing Derrick Henry in a Texans uniform in Photoshop had Titans fans livid. So I imagine seeing the real deal twice a year. That would be insane. But I do agree he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, and it'd be tough to rely on him to just kind of badger people. That's one of those things. It's like um, how people talk about Jalen Green's athleticism for the Rockets and how as time goes on, if that's your only thing you've got, like as you age, that just goes. And so Derrick Henry's big thing is like speed. He can get up to speed and and he can run right through you. And at some point when you age, that that is an attribute that goes away. And we saw that when they played the Texans. It's only so much you can do without good blocking. If if Henry, if Henry had good blocking, and that's the big thing is that if, if I trusted that the Texans O line was going to look really good run blocking next year, I'd be feel a little better about Derrick Henry coming in at his age. Um, as long as they brought back Singletary too, just in case. Um, but yeah, yeah, but at that I mean, point, you might as well run with Damian Pierce. Yeah, and just, you got him on a rookie deal. All the arguments you made about not adding that running back. If the, if you add that running back, you're basically not. Well, so in my with- mind, right? <laughs> if if they don't get Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley is the option in free agency. And if Saquon Barkley signs with someone else or doesn't leave New York, you you go into the draft and you use a second or third round pick to pick up a running back that you think could potentially, in the middle of the season, take over from Devin Singletary, and you re-sign Singletary, and you you basically get rid of Obungawale, bring in a new guy. And you just have Pierce, Singletary, and you know Blake Corum, Jonathan Brooks, wh- whichever running back falls to you at the second or third round pick, just go for it, um, and then see what happens. But that's not ideal. The ideal situation is that the Texans get Saquon Barkley immediately, supercharge the run game. If they want to use a late round pick on a running back, sure. If they want in the next year or two to draft a running back to take over when motor leaves and, you know, to be waiting in the wings for when Saquon is injured or leaves, um, do that. I mean, I think that Singletary's resigning becomes more vital when we talk out what the possible plans are for running back simply because it's like, um, like the Colts this past season with, with Zach Moss. It's funny how Buffalo bill running backs have just become, you know, emergency plans that become the main plan immediately. So with Jonathan Taylor out, Zach Moss steps up and plays excellent football. I'd say better than Singletary did for the Texans. Um, and so, I mean, well, just looking at the fantasy scores, like I, I had Zach Moss on my fantasy roster and I benefited, and I had Singletary and I benefited a lot more from the Zach Moss decision than I did the Singletary decision. Um, Two I think totally that different he also offenses, benefited from though. a far better O-line though. Yeah. They also so that, didn't have CJ back there who were begging to let Cook. So they were actually leaning on their run game a ton more. So. I don't. I, so you hold on. In your in your scenario, you're saying resign Singletary and sign Saquon. Yeah, I mean at, at the right price, right? So hear me out. the The reason is is Saquon Barkley's injury history. So it gives me and I think anyone in the organization a lot of ease to understand. It's essentially the same thing that happened this past season, except for without the injury, where you come in and you think Pierce is your guy and Singletary is just you know a, give him a blow occasionally, and you know just kind of sitting there at RB2 and creating that two-headed monster. And then you go and, you know, three games in, Saquon Barkley 
does what he does best and and decides that he can't play for a few weeks what do you do you you just get the best that you can which is at, at rb2 singletary is top tier i i don't think there's any arguing that i think people have problem with him as an rb1 because of what he was able to produce in this texans offense but as rb2 at, at the right price which is close to what he was paid this past year i think he's perfect so how much are you willing to invest of your 70 million in the running back room well, let's see. So, looking at, I don't have it pulled up right now, but Saquon I, Saquon got, I want to say, like ten million. He's I probably going to ask for. He's probably going to ask for a bump. So I would think he from from ten to fifteen, somewhere in there. What okay, does that yeah, mean? That's what I imagine. So, so if Saquon say Saquon gets fifteen, so how much are you paying Singletary to be RB two? What has Singletary done to raise his pay significantly from the two million that he was paid this past year? He ran for a thousand yards. Well, he had a thousand total or, yards. Or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a thousand yards from scrimmage, and like, and he stepped in and had a couple of good games, and otherwise was very serviceable as a running back. He wasn't above and beyond. He he's not demanding a, a much higher pay. I'd say at most he might go out and try and get five million, which is a lot for him. Um, I'd say that at two million, I think that you might could give him a fifty percent bump go up to three, maybe four, if you're lucky. And that's a point where I start to be like, eh. But I don't think he demands much higher than he was paid this last year. And if he wants to do another one-year deal, let him do another one-year deal. I mean, that we don't need I don't think anybody time. wants to do that. <laughs> no one does. I mean, here, give him a, a two-year, $6 million deal. I don't know. Like, just throw him, throw him that. And if he doesn't want it, he, he can find better money elsewhere, then sure. If he wants to not win, I mean, that's the other thing too. The Texans are no longer a free agent destination. That's like, Hey man, can you please come play for us? We'll give you three times the amount you're worth. They're like, Hey, we're going to go out and win a championship in the next five years. So if you want to be a part of that, here's what we're going to pay you. Right. That's what it's become. Now, this is a team that has proven that it's a win now team. And when you're in win now mode and you have a coach like D'Amico, who's a player's coach, you, you know, Singletary doesn't go into that room thinking, well, you know, it's going to suck this year, so I'll get $5 million at least. He goes, well, I made $2 million last year. I think I did enough to earn a little bit of a raise, maybe three or four. You know, And then the Texans have to decide if the four part is something they're willing to do. So, Sounds that, like a lot to me, especially when you got a guy on a rookie deal that is currently your RB2. I, then, I, ride, then ride with Pierce as your RB2. Yeah. Keep Obungawale or re-sign Obungawale. At the minimum, I would, I would I would draft somebody like you said, or draft someone late round, yeah. right? There, there like should be you, competition. It's not going to be set before we hit the end of the off season. But no. all I'm saying is, is that ideally, Singletary just is understands what what he's worth and what he wants to do with his career, and decides that he wants to re up with the Texans because it's a great organization <laughs> that is doing great. That's totally not a biased statement on my part. It's unbiased. It's just objectively true. <laughs> Hey man, I wish they all thought like you. Unfortunately, that is not how they operate. And I'm hoping I, that Jonathan Grenard's drinking the Kool Aid. I'm hoping he's like, "Wow, D'Amico's such a great coach. I'll pay for 14 million." I'm like, "Okay, dude, cool." It'll totally, it'll totally be interesting to see what the market looks like for some of these guys and what they're able to get. To, to I mean, I mean, running back, edge, whatever. Because you know, one guy kind of sets the market for everybody else. So. Say, you know, maybe not somebody of Saquon's ilk, but say, say Eckler goes to 
I don't know, somewhere that needs a running back, and he gets $10 million. Well, Eckler's two years older than Saquon, and, you know, obviously we feel, I feel, I think you feel that Saquon's a better player. So there's no way he's getting that money. So that then it's kind of the chess game. Okay, I think I'm worth X now, and the Texans have to deal with that. Same same vein, Singletary, right? Singletary can then go, well, I'm worth half of what Eckler's getting. So it'll be interesting to see where the Texans fit in all of this. Obviously, guys are going to have to sign places, or maybe they jump out in front of everybody before anybody gets a chance, and they go, okay, we've identified this guy. We're going to set the market with him, and we're going to pay him X. So, I mean, really... We can we can wish for for the money to work out. I just find it hard to see the Texans uh, signing two running backs, even if it's somebody of Dari Abungawale's speed. I, I could totally see him drafting one with Are one of the signing three. an undrafted one or that absolutely that. Maybe and, get our uh, next Arian Foster going on. I love it. Let's do it. I love it. Let's do it. Where, who's <laughs> got, coming out of Tennessee that's not likely to get drafted? I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, on that note, we've, we've mostly talked running backs today. I feel like we should probably, um, we'll bring it to an end here and next week we'll cover another position group, but thanks for tuning in to this first, uh, free agent Friday. Tom, do you have anything to say before we bring this to a close? I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to say it probably until we get some news, something. I mean, I'm watching these games, these postseason games, setting up the Super Bowl, and now looking forward to the Super Bowl. But I'm really just looking forward to the day after the Super Bowl when we get to start playing matchmaker with some of these guys and some of these guys, you know, let it be known that they want to go somewhere, even if it's not Houston, because that seems like it'll get the ball rolling for everyone else. And then we can start feeling out what this next evolution of the Texans are going to be. It's awesome where they are right now. I don't think there's anybody in Houston that's not excited. But now it's like, all right, now let's start filling these holes and seeing what that roster will look like going into training camp. All right. Well, if you want to find me on social media, I am at M1 Texans fan. And uh, yeah, that's how you can find the YouTube as well. Tom is third coast Tom on Twitter. He's thinking about Instagram, but he isn't quite sure yet. So (laughs) chat, let us know um, how you feel about that idea. He's got the username reserved and everything. He's just, he's just, you know, sorting it out. Um, (laughs) But uh, until next time, you check out midweek. We usually have a live going, so check that out. Uh, and until further notice, the format is Mock Draft Monday and Free Agent Friday um, with us covering any breaking news that the Texans have if, if that comes up. Uh, but thanks for listening, and you know, stay classy, Houston, and vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning in to The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from the bullpen. Take the handoff. Stroud looking.